towards the end of the service, we'll get a chance to come back, and I'm going to tell my thanks to Steve then for what he did. But I just want to start by telling you um, how good it feels to be with you guys. Uh, great to be with you. You all know that the last couple of weeks have been hard on the young house, and uh, we don't know really what's next. We know, as we say, we know who holds the future, even if we don't know what it's going to look like just yet. And um, I've missed being with you. Oh, my goodness, we were at first service, and we sing these songs, and all the strings in my heart start resonating when we sing the songs. And I can physically taste the stuff we're singing about. I'll run out of that grave. Hmm. Well, um, this afternoon, God willing, at 3 o'clock, we're breaking ground. And um, y'all forgive me, I'm taking some meds and all that sort of stuff. I still got a broken rib. You know about the cough, and now you know about the tumors and all that. But dadgummit, I've put too much into what we're doing to miss this afternoon, so I'm going to be there at 3 o'clock. <laughs> now, <laughs> here's the rule. Here's the rule. I still have a broken rib. We think it's likely that in the next uh, week or so, I'm going to have some pretty serious surgery. So I can't contract anything else between now and whenever it is. So you're going to have to assume there's a bubble around me. And as much as I would love to give you that big, wet, slobbery kiss, this, is not, this isn't the time. Um, I'm going to have someone protecting me, and you can be sure she'll do a good job of it. <laughs> I just want to say, by the way, um, Julie has been so good to me the last few days. She, every night, every night she reads a psalm to me. She sings songs of praises. She's waited on me hand and foot, and um, I don't deserve it, but I'm really, really grateful for it, Julie. Okay, that's not what we've come. We've come to celebrate. We're going to celebrate, okay? That's what we're going to do. And we're going to celebrate by reminding us of, reminding ourselves of the power of praising God. So much power. When Ebola broke out in West Africa in 2014 and 15, I happened to have been talking to Shadanke Johnson not long after that. Shadanke's over thousands of churches, or he coordinates the work of thousands of churches. He works in partnership with North Boulevard. And I asked him, what did the church do when the outbreak occurred? And his first words out of his mouth were, listen to this, we sang, we sang. And my first feeling to that was, I know I'm supposed to think of that as profound, but I didn't. I thought, come on, would you really do? And then as we talked about it, he said, oh yeah, we got clinicians to come over. We, they actually had some of their ministers die because they wouldn't stop visiting sick people. So he talked about all the physical things they did, but then he said, look, the battle is always at the end, ultimately spiritual. And by singing, we found the joy of the Lord, and it sustained us through all the sickness. There's a great power in the concept of praising God, and we can praise God in a hundred ways, hundreds of ways. When you serve with your hands, because you have value in God, that's a means of praise. When you take care of someone who's sick, that's a means of praise. That's one way that we praise God. When we do it because we find God's worth. Last week, when you put down your pledge, that was an act, a statement of praise. But in Scripture, praise 
is most often applied to what we do with our mouths when we sing to God or in prayer when we call out to God His attributes, His glories, His strength, and His power, or when we simply declare the grace and the goodness of God. Hebrews chapter 13, we're wrapping up today. Hebrews chapter 13, I'm going to read these two verses, give you a few thoughts, and then we're going to move pretty quickly to the end of the reveal. The Hebrew writer is finishing up his letter, and he says this, for here, here today on this earth, for here we do not have an enduring city, but we're looking for the city that is to come. In other words, this world never really was supposed to be our home. Our home is still to come. When I run out of that grave, that's when we'll find our home. And so he says, through Jesus, therefore, in other words, knowing that he's bringing us our ultimate city, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Most of us know what praise is instinctively. It's helpful to get a quick definition again. Our English word praise, which translates a number of Hebrew and Greek terms in the Hebrew and Greek scriptures. Our English word praise comes from a Latin term that simply means to express something or someone's worth. When you say, wow, you're a beautiful woman, or you're an awesome athlete, or you're really good at this or that, that's a form of praise. Etymologically, it's connected to words such as price or precious or even price. It simply means to say, you're of great value. And the Hebrew writer wants us to sacrifice praises to God. And it raises the question, I think, it should raise the question for some of us at least, why does God need our praise? You know, at the end of the day, you know this, he doesn't need our praise at all. There's nothing about me that God needs. He doesn't need me in any way. It is we who need the praises. We offer the sacrifices of praises because when we praise God, we invoke the power of God. There is immense power that comes in praise. You know that because I know that some of you woke up this morning, I'll admit even I, really struggling with coming in today, maybe struggling with tuning in online. And you get here, when we all get the heaven starts ringing out, I'm hearing the song. I'm remembering when I was eight years old at Rural Hill Church listening to my mom sing this song. And suddenly I think to myself, oh my goodness, I wouldn't trade today for anything on planet earth. There's so much power that comes with praise. So since this is a day of celebration, let me just remind you of three very quick reasons why we praise. First, praise is a matter of proclaiming truth in a world of fog. When we praise God, what we're doing is reminding ourselves of how the universe is ordered. That is, when we praise God, we are reminding ourselves of simple truths like this. God sits 
on the throne. God is still in charge. And when you praise God, you're reminding yourself of that great truth. Even if it feels as though God is not in charge, even if it feels as though if he were in charge, why would he let this be happening to me? Even if it feels as though I have no idea where he's taking me, why this road? Why not some other road? In praise, I remind myself, look, he's still on the throne. He has not abandoned his children, and he will never abandon his children. In praise, I learn a simple truth like this one. Again, at the end of Deuteronomy 31, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. When I praise God, I have that truth just sort of roll back on me again. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember what he promised. Praise is a way of reminding ourselves of who really does sit on the throne. He's never going to abdicate. No one is ever going to take him off the throne. And he's never going to step down. He will always be in charge. And praise is my way of reminding myself that when the devil whispers all kinds of garbage in my ears, that I don't have to listen to him. Go to hell Go to hell, devil. That's what's been designed for you. You know, the word for devil in the Bible is a word that means accuser, slanderer, and that's what he does. The greatest power the devil has is to lie to you. He whispers in your ear, this is happening because of what you did back then. He whispers in your ear that no matter how good you are, you're not going to be good enough. He whispers in your ear, that maybe God doesn't love you. Maybe that's why this is happening to you. And when you praise God, you discover once again, those are lies. There's a God on the throne of heaven, and he's not going to back down. When I praise, I also am reminded of who I am. Psalm 8 is a beautiful psalm. It's one of the ones we read not long ago, where David says, or the psalmist in this case, when I look up at the the profundity, the beauty, the grandeur of the creation, the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars. I wonder, who am I? What is humanity? What does it mean to be human in this world? And then he says, oh yeah, I remember. You have made me only a little bit lower than the angels, and you have crowned me with glory and honor. When I praise God, I'm reminded of those truths, that I'm neither as big as God nor am I irrelevant in the sight of God. That God had us as children in the same way that some of us have chosen to have children here on earth. Why would you have children? It appears that the world's coming unraveled again. Those of us who chose to have children, why did we do it? The answer's easy. Because you wanted somebody to love. You just wanted somebody that you could love and who would love you in return. And in the same way, God creates us so he could have someone to love, and someone who could love him back. And in that sense, when I praise God, I'm reminded of who I am. I'm a child of God in his image, redeemed by his son. Praise connects us also with the Holy Spirit. This is a really important point. It's one that I probably missed for many years in my life. Let's start by saying the reason we were created was so that we could worship God. That's, that's the purpose of humanity is to worship God. That's the purpose of humanity. Now, you hear me say all the time, our mission is to make disciples. That's true. That's your mission. But we would not have needed that mission if we had done our purpose. 
Our purpose was to worship God. The only reason we have to go make disciples is because a lot of us haven't been worshiping God. So we have to go make disciples so people worship the God who created us for the purpose of worshiping him. We were created to worship God. In that sense, when you worship God, you literally find the purpose of your creation. Like, that's why it feels so good. Ask yourself the question, why is it that music can melt people's hearts? Why is it that music can bring back the most ancient of memory? When you were eight years old, a song can do this. Why is it that the military will play some sort of musical piece in order to motivate young men and young women to run right into the face of hostility? And the answer is because there's something about music, there's something about praise that just moves us. There's a power there. Here's how Ephesians 5 puts it. Ephesians 5 says that the opposite of praise is to be drunk. That's actually an important point. Because what's being said in this text is you can be controlled by something that doesn't have your best interests at heart, alcohol or drugs or whatever. Or you can be controlled by the Holy Spirit, that everybody's being controlled by something. So look at what he says, do not get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? How do we become filled with the Holy Spirit in this text? By singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. Imagine God being so audacious as to say, I command you to be filled with the Spirit. Wouldn't you want to push back and say, well, that's not my job, that's your job. And his answer is, no, you can do this if you praise me. I like to think of it, I'm going to move quickly to my next one. I like to think of it similar to this. Now, this is a physics concept, which means I don't know anything about it. But that's not stopped me before. There's a little principle called resonant frequency. So here's what I think this means. Everything in the universe, because it's wave or particle or however you want to do this on a quantum level, everything in the universe vibrates. Every system vibrates. It's usually such a small vibration you wouldn't know it, but it vibrates. And every system vibrates at its own frequency. So the old trick of can an opera singer sustain a note long enough to break a wine glass the answer is yes, but it's a very qualified yes. Here's how it works. In the wine glass is actually a frequency. There's actually already a vibration occurring in the wine glass. It's just so small you don't see it. You can pass all sorts of frequencies through that glass and they'll have no effect on it. But if you pass the exact frequency that's already in that glass, if you pass it in at 100 decibels or something really, really up there, it will synchronize with the frequency that's already there and it will make it vibrate until it smashes. Now, you're thinking, nice, what's this got to do with the sermon? Here's the answer. All through the universe is the frequency of the Holy Spirit. And if you are on some other frequency, you're always going to wonder, why is this happening to me? You're always going to be trapped in your lostness and in your sin and in your failures and your despair. It's only when we praise God that we find the frequency of the Holy Spirit again. Our hearts start to vibrate. The strings of our hearts start to pluck. Our mouths start to pour open. And we do just what I did 10 minutes ago down here. We start crying because we feel the power of the Holy Spirit. My point is simply this. We get on God's frequency by praising Him. 
If you're not frequent at praising God, that may explain some of what's going on inside of your, your soul of despair. And then um, I'm going to end on this one. Praise generates joy and it diminishes despair. Again, I'm not sure that we can really describe something that operates on such the level of the soul. But what we know is that when we start to praise God, He just starts generating joy in our hearts. And the despair of what you might be facing, it just it starts to shrink. In Psalm 42, one of, the, one of my favorite psalms, as a deer pants for water, so my soul pants for thee, Lord. You remember the psalm? In the psalm, he says, I remember when I used to be able to, um, I remember when I used to be able to go to church. How many of our older people, maybe in a nursing home or really stuck in their home now, watching me online? I think of my own dad I got to see this week. He's, Daddy's had COVID. Who would give anything to go back and hear the throngs of people singing out their praises to God. It diminishes when we can praise with others. It diminishes the despair. It generates joy. So only a few texts here. Psalm 71, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. I, whom you delivered. Or that beautiful Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. James says, if any of you is in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. And I have to tell you, I'm, after 60 years, virtually a pure behaviorist now. I hate to say that, those of you who've studied it. But it just seems to me that we typically believe what we do and not the other way around. If you do something long enough, you'll start to believe that's the truth. So that being the case, I encourage you to praise an awful lot because that's who you'll become. Whatever you focus on is what you'll become. When you praise the God of heaven who creates us, redeems us, and who promises a day in which we do come run out of that grave, that's who you'll become. So let me end by saying this. Do at least three things. First, praise a lot. This is one medicine that you can't take too much of. There are no warnings on this one. Praise as much as you can. And second, I would, uh, I think it was David Skidmore who told me this. And I think he might have gotten it from uh, Winnie the Pooh. I don't remember. <laughs> But it stuck with me. Uh, a friend is someone who knows the song of your heart and can sing it back to you when you've forgotten it. So when you're struggling or you feel there's a shadow over your head, a cloud, a storm, call a friend and ask him, will you, will you sing that song back to me? that praise song. And I will even say it one step further. Where you can, and those of you online, a lot of you can't. Don't take this the wrong way. You know that I support what you're doing. But when you can, come together and praise together because the power of all of us praising God together 
it's exactly what it's going to sound like when we close our eyes here and open our eyes there. It's going to be so awesome that nothing we can say or do here could describe the beauty and power of that. So if I were you, I would stand up and I'd praise God. <laughs>